Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. All right, so the big news of the day which we'll continue to talk about, continue to take your calls, is that Hunter Biden made a surprise appearance at the congressional meeting in which the House Republicans and Democrats were deciding whether or not to hold him in contempt for defying a subpoena. And I think, based off the performance I saw from Hunter, if we lived in a sane world, which we clearly do not, that much I can tell you, but if we did live in a world where people hadn't completely lost their minds. I think that the performance from Hunter Biden, the sheer arrogance would have actually won over a few Democrats. Like I hate to sound like Joe Biden back in the day, you know, Deb like going oh, Ted Kennedy and so-and-so used to go have a beer together. But back in the day, I have to imagine that if some punk, whether their dad was a Republican or a Democrat, if some punk pulled this and and tried to give the middle finger to Congress, that both sides of the aisle would say, all right, you, you need to learn a lesson here. But I give Democrats credit. They are defending this dude so hard. And it's gotta be embarrassing. Especially, it's got to be especially embarrassing for the female Democrats. Because they're the big, like, I am woman, hear me roar. We're all going to wear white to to this event to show that Donald Trump is sexist and evil. Like, they're always, they're, they're going to go to these marches and defend women everywhere. And now they've got the most prime example of a male chauvinist pig of a, a womanizing disgusting human being and they all have to get up there and act like he's just a guy he's just a guy trying his best and i I thought that the most absurd pivot was from representative pramila jayapal who has had so many sound cuts over the last couple weeks because she is out of her mind but she wanted to pivot to trump and the insurrection because that's always on the minds of Democrats. But it didn't go well. And this actually took me back, Jared, because this used to happen quite a bit. Can I have cut 14, please? We're all outraged about many things. But if we're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened, let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that, too. <laughs> yeah, you could talk about that, too, I guess. <laughs> maybe we should talk about that, too. The- weird how often that happens to democrats now guaranteed they are talking about insurrection a lot more than everyone else like it's constantly on their brains but even so i've talked about the insurrection before and maybe it will happen today because now it's in my mind thanks to pramila but i don't think i've ever made that slip up can we go down the list jared of all the times this happened let's let's play cut 14 this is adam schiff 
into inciting an erection. Let's play Schumer, 14-2. Donald John Trump incited the erection. Let's uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper cut 14. Has the problem subsided, you think, or has anything changed since the erection, insurrection? And of course, Joy Behar. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy hands him more than 40,000 hours of Capitol security footage from the January 6th election. Insurrection. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it just happens a lot. Maybe you guys should focus on just getting it right. Or maybe you should just focus on Hunter, because clearly we can't do too many things at once here. So Hunter goes into this meeting, and uh, there were a couple of other moments that I want to get to, but I actually wanted to switch gears here for a second, because a big story from this week involves Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. And it was very, very strange. So he he had surgery. Now we're finding out that it was, they, they called it elective surgery. So a lot of people were speculating. They thought it might be cosmetic, might have something to do with weight loss. People just weren't sure. And they were speculating. And now they're telling us that he has prostate cancer and that his prognosis is excellent. He's going to recover, which of course is great news, but it still doesn't answer the question of why didn't Joe Biden know about it? Joe Biden didn't know about it until yesterday. This is taking the Obama era I found out about it in the papers to like a whole nother level. Your secretary of defense has cancer and he's gone for multiple days and you find out about it. I would I would actually bet if what they're saying is true. Joe Biden found out about it after I did. How frightening is that? And so Peter Ducey starts questioning John Kirby and we've talked about Kirby versus KJP. And I think that not that it's. Not that it's uh, that impressive, but Kirby is a lot better at handling these questions than KJP. Again, that's a very low bar that we're setting here. But Joe Concha put out this clip today and he said, this is the most flustered I've ever seen John Kirby, which is saying something because this dude has had to answer for the pro-Palestinian activists that are, you know, bullying around Joe Biden. He's had to answer for Afghanistan. He's had to answer on TV. He's cried on TV. This guy's had to answer for a lot of things. And the fact that this situation has him so tongue tied is telling. Can I have cut two, please? Um, And neither Secretary Austin nor General Brown attended. They were represented by by deputies. Um, that is not uncommon that a, 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 at a principal's committee meeting, for whatever reason, a principal may not be able uh, to attend. Okay, thank you for all the detail on that. But more broadly, why should we believe anything that this administration tells us about anything ever again? I think we all recognize, and I think the Pentagon has been very, very honest with themselves about uh, the... Uh, the challenge to, to, to credibility by what by what has transpired here and by what and by uh, uh, how 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 hard it was for them to be fully transparent with the American people. I think they've been transparent about how hard it was for them to be transparent with the American people. See, the transparency part for me would be the easy part. If you just let people know beforehand then you won't have a problem. Like, I don't think anybody would have cared. In fact, I think people would have been supportive if they found out, oh, Lloyd Austin has to take a few days off. He has prostate cancer. He's going to get a a surgery and his prognosis is great and he's going to be okay. I have no issue with that. But it's this mystery that kind of shrouds everything this administration does that leaves you very, very 
concerned. It's all very unsettling. And, you know, it's it's sometimes when you when you look at Hunter Biden, the artwork and all of these kind of small issues, not small issues, but all of these kind of palace intrigue back and forth with the administrative officials, you forget that this trickles out to everything else. And think back. Think back to when we had planes landing in New York and they were full of illegal aliens. And this was when there was a different press secretary, Jen Psaki. And she was asked about this. Why are people coming in in the middle of the night? Why are there these secret planes full of illegal aliens? And her response, because it's all about semantics. It's all about, you know, parsing words. She said, it's not in the middle of the night. She wants to... She wants to have an argument over whether two in the morning qualifies as in the middle of the night. This is the press secretary for the president of the United States. And she wants to argue about whether or not, you know, there's going to be an ethics agreement when Hunter Biden sells his artwork to all of these shady Democrat donors. And it's the lies. It's, it, it, it goes back to, you might say to yourself, well, why do I care if they lie about a, a dog biting a Secret Service agent? But Steve Nelson said it way back when to Jen Psaki. If you lie about this, what else are you lying about? He said that in like the first month, or I don't even know. It was probably the first six months of this disastrous administration. He said, if you guys are lying about Secret Service agents getting bit by a German shepherd, what else are you going to lie to us about? It turns out they'll lie to us about everything. They will lie to us about things big and things small. And I'm going to give you an example right now. This is a flashback. I had mentioned to you that it came out yesterday that this owner of the art gallery said, I never talked to the White House about some sort of ethics agreement as far as the people buying Hunter Biden's artwork. And I said to Jared, I said, I've been looking for cuts of KJP because I know they talked about this ad nauseum. I know they lectured us on how we're taking all the prim and proper guidelines and this is going to be this is going to be fine. It's going to be very ethical. I said, I just couldn't find it. And Jared said, you couldn't find it because it wasn't KJP. It was Saki. Saki was the one who lectured us on this. This is a flashback. Take a listen. I can tell you that after careful consideration, a system has been established that allows for Hunter Biden to work in his profession within reasonable safeguards. Uh, of course, he has the right to pursue an artistic career, just like any child of a president has the right to pursue a career. Uh, but all interactions regarding the selling of art and the setting of prices uh, will be handled by a professional gallerist adhering to the highest industry standards. And any offer out of the normal course would be rejected out of hand. And the gallerist will not share information about buyer or prospective buyers, including their identities with Hunter Biden or the administration, which provides quite a level of protection and transparency. The art gallery owner told the committee that he never communicated with the White House about the ethics agreement that the Biden administration previously claimed was governing Hunter Biden's work with his profession, within his profession. That's from Just the News. So George Berger never heard back from the White House. Because they're liars. And whether it's the dogs, whether it's the flights full of illegal aliens, whether it's the artwork. Take a listen to this. This is Jen Psaki arguing about these flights that were flying into New York. Now, because they weren't being sent by Ron DeSantis, because they weren't being sent by Greg Abbott, nobody cared about this. These were Democrats reticketing other Democrats around the country. But take a listen to this flashback. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? 
Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 4:29 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking on. about it. early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility. Like I said, there's a reason you should care about visitor logs and flights and dog bites and all of this stuff because it sets the tone. What's the uh, quote that uh, Nancy Pelosi always likes to say? False in one. False in uno, false in omnibus. Yeah. Thank you, Jared. I got a quote wrong yesterday, by the way. Slightly wrong. A guy in the text was losing his mind, and I thought to myself, if you think that was bad, you haven't listened to the show long enough, because I'm going to butcher a lot more things than that. that you're going to be looking back at that quote and saying she nailed it. By the time you're done listening to this show. But yeah, if you lie about one thing, what can we trust you on? Nothing. And this is just to take that to today. Because you might go, well, Grace, that was a couple of years ago. There's a massive story out of New York right now. New York City students, this is from the Post, obviously, the New York Post, not the Washington Post, in case you ever get them confused. New York City students forced to go remote as city houses nearly 2,000 migrants at their school. One mom goes off. She starts recording it. Does it feel good, she asks. So we're going we're gonna to talk about this story. Because Donald Trump got a lot of heat for being America first. That was like a big part of his platform. And Joe Biden... And the rest of this administration, they seem hell-bent on America last. Now we're moving kids out of schools, telling them to go back. Because that worked so great during COVID, right? Go back to the counter. You know, your parents who are trying to make ends meet, trying to get to work. We'll have them teach you on your little uh, iPad. Because we have to use the school for illegal aliens. That's the latest story. We're going to talk about it when we come back. And again, it's just, it's part of a pattern here. With the most transparent administration in history. We entertain a lot over this holiday season, and when friends and family would come over, Jared, I always have the Eden Pier going in my kitchen, because I don't know if I told you this, I cooked recently. I made, um, I made pasta with vodka sauce, and penne alla vodka, as they call it, and it was delicious, and it actually didn't smell too bad, but the great thing about the thunderstorm is you just turn it on, and it gets rid of any smells. So I have a small kitchen. It doesn't, the, the vents aren't that great. Everything kind of stays in there. You turn on the Eden Pure, you don't have to worry. It takes the smells. It eliminates the odors. What I love about it, and I didn't really notice, I didn't really know what to call this at first, but Jared said it's the absence of smell. And that's what it is, because it's not trying to cover up smells with more smells. I don't like that situation. I don't like when you take a bad smell and you go, let's throw some flowers at it. Not good. The thunderstorm is going to leave you with that clean, fresh smell where you walk in and it, it smells like it just rained and it cleared out all the odors. So this is a really great device. It's small. You can hold it in your hand. It doesn't take up any floor space. And right now, you can get the three-pack special, which means you can use one in your kitchen in your car, in your basement. Maybe save one, give one to a friend who's been dying to try it. It's a great gift. And with a three-pack special, you'll have all the th thunderstorms you need, and you can even share one if you want. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3 to get the three-pack special. Again, that's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE3. It's the number three. Don't spell out three. It's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE3. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back.
This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Before we get into this crazy story out of Brooklyn, which has been all over the news today, let's do the poll question. It is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, we've been debating this in the office. Uh, I know some of the texters are disagreeing with me here. What is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is do you think Joe knew about Hunter's appearance at today's hearing? No, I don't. Um, I will say I've changed my mind because I, I, I did think that at one point I said, I don't think anyone in the White House knew he was going to do this. But my dad texted me. A couple other people have chimed in that somebody had to sign off on this. Like, there's no way he could do this without anyone in the White House giving a little bit of a head nod. Um, But I still stand by the fact that, I mean, Joe doesn't even know what day it is. So, yeah, he probably. Well, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, when someone gets old and you think, why tell them upsetting news? You know, (laughs) like, why? It's like if you know somebody and they're really, really old and they start talking about someone who passed away years ago, you're not going to go. You know that person, Pat. No, you just let them go with their fantasy. So if Joe Biden's thinking to himself, oh, it's a good day and, you know, the sun's out, why do you want to be raining on his parade and say, just so you know, your son made an ass of himself again and probably really hurt your campaign for reelection? That seems like that seems like unnecessary information to give him at this point. Seventy seven percent say yes, of course, Joe knew about Hunter's appearance. Twenty three percent say no. Hunter went rogue. So students at a Brooklyn high school were kicked out of the classroom to make room for nearly 2000 migrants who were evacuated from a controversial tent shelter due to a monster storm closing in on the Big Apple. This is from The New York Post. The city made the move amid concerns that a massive migrant tent at Floyd Bennett Field would collapse from torrential rains and gusting winds, packing them instead into the second floor gym at James Madison High School, five miles away. The school's neighbors were not keen on the last minute decision. This is bleeped up, said a local resident who identified himself only as Rob. It's a litmus test. They are using a storm, a legitimate situation where they are testing this out. I guarantee you they'll be here for the entire summer. There's 1,900 people getting thrown into my neighborhood half a block from where I live, and we don't know who they are. They're not vetted. A lot of them have criminal records and backgrounds, and we don't even know. One irate mom even went off on the migrants as they pulled up in a line of school buses in the pouring rain before 6 p.m. How do you feel? Does it feel good? The woman who said, who identified herself as Michelle, screamed at the buses. How does it feel that you kicked all the kids out of school tomorrow? Does it feel good? I hope you feel good. I hope you will sleep very well tonight. And... This I I go back to because we've seen these situations now in New York City where you have these these American citizens who are just reaching their breaking point and no one wants to see anything turn violent. No one wants to see tensions rising like this. But that's why you have to have a strategy to handle these massive issues. And the strategy can't be, oh, grandfathery sweet Joe Biden wants everyone to surge the border. Because the results aren't good. We'll be right back.
live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I was just talking to Howie about the interviews, the follow-up interviews after Hunter Biden stormed out of that congressional meeting. He was like a teenager at that, at that moment. I'm out of here. When he saw Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm not taking any questions from you. I'm not taking any guff from you, MTG. They really hate each other, those two. They really, really hate each other. So he leaves and he starts getting these questions from reporters. We played a couple of them. But let's let's actually go back to it, Jared, because it is kind of amusing. Um, let's have cut 10, please. Hunter, what's your favorite type of crack? Are you on crack today? Do you please, I'll answer your question if you be quiet and let me make a statement, okay? What kind of crack do you normally smoke, Mr. Biden? Now, you might say that's classless. But... That is, I think that's what reporters used to do. Like they used to shout out questions like that in hopes that they would get some sort of response. And I'll tell you who still does it actually is TMZ. TMZ will still shout that stuff out at celebrities to get a reaction, to just instigate some sort of conversation. But Howie said to me, who do you think that reporter was? Do we have any idea? And I don't know who it is, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's either someone from, here are my guesses, it's either someone from the New York Post free beacon or yeah or tmz i think tmz occasionally will send someone in for politics and that does seem like that would be their strategy there was also a good question from hillary vaughn peter Ducey's wife and she was asking hunter about why his dad was calling into his business meetings and he turns around and he says do you have a father do you answer when your father calls she's like yeah but my dad doesn't call into business meetings it's a pretty that, that that argument is pretty easy to dismantle. Everybody knows I talk to my dad all the time. But if I'm in a business meeting with the mailroom manager and Howie and a client, I don't put my dad on the phone. It just doesn't seem like it's as airtight an argument as he thinks. But Hunter's going back and forth with all these people, and it's pretty amazing. That his lawyer thought this was a good idea. But you know what else it makes me think, Jared? Because he does respond. He doesn't respond to the crack cocaine questions. But he did respond to... Can we play the Hillary Vaughn cut, Jared? He does respond to Hillary Vaughn. Jared? Why did you put your dad on speakerphone with your business partners if he had no involvement in your business? Do you have a dad? Does he call you? Yes. Answer the phone? Yes. Okay. But why did you need to talk to him during business meetings if he had nothing to do with your business? Well, you're dangerous. You're very dangerous. Okay, so a lot of people think he was saying you're very dangerous to Hillary Vaughn. He actually wasn't. There was a reporter next to him who tripped, and he was saying that as a joke. But I want to say something else. I've only done that one time in my life, and everybody here knows when it was. It was when I confronted Mayor Wu, and now it's going to be like uh, my glory days story. But what I notice about people who have to chase down these reporters is that most of the time when you're dealing with someone like a Hunter Biden or, um, for example, a, a congresswoman, Pramila Jayapal, someone, and you're hounding them throughout the halls of Congress or wherever you are. They're either going to talk or they're not. And they've made that decision in their heads beforehand. The fact that he answered that question 
means he is such a loose cannon because I guarantee you the lawyer said to him, do not talk to anyone. Again, I don't know why the lawyer thought this was a good idea to begin with to let him go. But the fact that he's just like his dad, like if you goat him enough, he will answer. I have a different strategy for these reporters. I think they need to go with the MTG line of thinking and keep saying to him, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? The Bidens don't like to be told that they're afraid. What are you so afraid of? Are you afraid of Marjorie Taylor Greene? Are you afraid of James Comer? That, I think, would really get under his skin. Jared, let's go to live here. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre. I'm very curious if the White House knew about this stunt beforehand, because I know she hates political stunts. So let's hear what she has to say. Specifics to that, I would certainly refer you to New York City uh, for any additional questions. But if a working parent had to call out to stay home with their kid today, isn't this Biden immigration policy literally taking money out of people's pockets? So let me just, let me just say, I'm going to actually go back to your first question for a second, because I think I do need to address that, which is, um, you know, when it comes to education, migrants, the economy, the president deals with multiple issues all at once. That is his job. There are multiple things happening all at once. And as it relates to this particular question that you're asking me about in New York City, that is something that New York City needs to answers to. That is a that is a process that they took, so they have to answer to that. Uh, and as it relates to migrants and what's happening at the border, look, the president has taken this issue very seriously, very seriously by making sure that on his first day, which is almost oh, three compre- years. Okay, pause it, pause it, pause it. A comprehensive immigration form that Republicans and Car- I know, I know that whole shtick. That's hysterical, though. This is on New York City. And technically, she's not wrong because New York City declared itself a sanctuary city. I saw a Babylon Bee headline the other day that Eric Adams is behind the Statue of Liberty, scraping off the poem on the back of it, hoping people will forget. Let me just erase this real quick. But she's not wrong about the fact that the, the, the mayor of New York City at one point was very proud of being a sanctuary city. But this is hysterical to see how things have changed where now you have these mayors like Brandon Johnson and Eric Adams saying, we can't do this. We need help from the federal government. And you have the federal government saying, it's your problem. Don't come, don't come crying to us. It's not our fault. All right, let's go back to KJP. Let's help him skirt congressional subpoenas. That is not even true. That, that is a jump that is, that is incredibly disingenuous in that question. What I will say to you, I am helping you out. Knew. I'm helping you out. I don't have anything else to share. Thanks. Um, When is the president's next physical scheduled? Last year it was in February. I don't have anything uh, to share on the president's next physical. Quite an exchange there with her own. Wow. She's got nothing to share. Even the schedule she can't cough up. It's amazing. And I wish these reporters, and maybe they will, maybe they've changed, maybe they've uh, had to come to Jesus, but you got to pick up the ball from the next person. Peter Ducey's asking, about what what Joe Biden knew about Hunter Biden's stunt. And the next person goes to the physical. It's like, no, 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 take the ball that he has and keep running with it. Yeah, uh, Kareen, I have the next question. Uh, same question as Peter. What did he know? If you keep doing that, eventually, it's a little bit of camaraderie, you know? Everyone's on the same team, working for the same goal. But instead, they're all scattered, and she gives no answers whatsoever, which doesn't really surprise us. Okay, so back to the story, though. From New York City... This is pretty amazing. Students at Brooklyn High School were kicked out of the classroom to make room for nearly 2,000 migrants. As I pointed out, we're seeing this all over. 
We, we've seen this in Chicago. The residents of the South Side are not happy about it. They've gone to town meetings. They've made it very clear that the resources in Chicago need to be used to help the citizens and not people who are there illegally. And now you're seeing it in New York City. As KJP pointed out, that's their problem, I guess. They'll have to figure it out. But the reason that I'm bringing this up again is because now these New York City students are going to go remote. And I feel like, Jared, they keep referencing this mother in the story that was filming the migrants and going berserk. I feel like they are really pushing it with this. Because not only are you kicking people's kids out of school, and like Peter Ducey said, you're disrupting their life, you're disrupting the parents' work schedule, but you're also giving them flashbacks to COVID. You're giving them flashbacks to what, for a lot of parents, were the worst years of their life. And years that they are still seeing the effects of to this day. Like, you ever sit down with your parents when you're trying to do your homework? It can be stressful. I would sit down with my mom sometimes. My mom's very smart, and she would help us with our homework. And there'd be some times where, you know, I wasn't getting something, and she'd get a little frustrated. I get a little frustrated. That's just how it goes. But if you're a parent now, you're sitting down at the kitchen table and you know the reason your kid's not getting this is because they don't have the basic fundamentals because the government shut down schools for two years. Every time you sit down at that kitchen table, that is on your mind. And then to have it brought back up in this way that's such a double slap in the face because it's like, oh, no, your kids are going to your kids are going to go back to remote. Oh, no, no, this time it's not because of COVID. This time we're not sending your kids home to learn at the kitchen counter because of COVID. We're sending them home because illegal aliens need to stay in your kid's school. I don't know what's worse. I don't know which is going to tick parents off more. And and I'll add something else in. in case that's, that's a nice double whammy. Your tax money goes to welfare for these illegals, and your tax money that you pay to the schools goes to double welfare and housing for these illegals. That's yeah. a nice little... Uh, and your kids can can continue to kids decline. Are, kids are resilient, Grace. Come on. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because Dr. Fauci was, as as we've been reporting on for the last couple of days, he's been giving this closed door uh, testimony. And we've had transcripts of it, what he's saying. A lot of, trust me, it's not hard to cover what he's saying. I'll give you a hint. It's a lot of, I do not recall. The guy, the smartest guy who knew everything about everything and every study and used words all the time that we didn't understand. And he was, you know, he's a megalomaniac. His memory is suddenly getting very foggy. Well, he told the House... My own personal ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. Yeah, that was why he doesn't have to go to church. Your ethics might be strong enough that you don't have to go to church, but you still got to testify in the closed-door meeting, okay? Because we're not as sure. Maybe God is sure of your ethics, Dr. Fauci. We're not as sure. Okay, we're we're not as convinced. So he tells the House COVID panel that he's not convinced that kids suffered learning loss due to the school closures. The cojones on this man. And you know what the irony is of this? Is that there's so many studies. Like I was reading a, a study today from Brookings. There's so many studies about the colossal learning loss that these kids suffered. 
and how across the board these kids are far behind in math, in reading, which is really it's it's so much of the foundation for so many other subjects. And these kids are way far behind. And there's been study after study. And these aren't Republican MAGA studies. okay? these aren't studies that Donald Trump is concocting with a lab coat on in, in this in the lab. okay? these are actual studies from like liberal institutions that are saying, whoa, we had no idea. Now, some of us did, but the the Democrats didn't. We thought kids were resilient. Turns out that keeping them locked in their homes for two years and not sending them to school and expecting them to be able to learn on a computer by themselves wasn't an effective strategy to get them to, to learn. So you have all these studies, Jared, and for once in his life, Fauci's not convinced by the studies. For once in his life, Fauci's going to be skeptical of the science we have studies that show there was learning loss and fauci sitting there going well you know i'm not convinced call me a skeptic i like to challenge things i remember it's science i remember when if you questioned any study whatsoever that fauci brought up you were anti-science and by being anti-science you were anti-fauci because fauci is the science You were anti-grandmas because you wanted to kill all the grandmas if you didn't believe these studies. You were a conspiracy theorist. You know, you were just as bad as Senator Rand Paul or Senator Tom Cotton or Dr. Marty McCary. I remember when not following the studies, when not using those as your guide was the worst thing you could do. And now Fauci is not convinced that kids suffered learning loss. And it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't matter what you show him because he doesn't like that information. So this was, this was Representative Michael Cloud from Texas. Cloud said Fauci had showed an amazing ability to either forget what happened or then find ways to shirk any sort of responsibility for the influence that was had during his marathon session. I like this, this statement by Cloud. They wash their hands of any sort of responsibility saying, oh, those decisions were made by school districts. But the school districts know if you don't follow the guidance that's coming out of the federal government, you open yourselves up to lawsuits. Yeah. So they told they told they set the guidelines. The schools had to follow the guidelines. And then they said, oh, well, they were just guidelines. Oh, you, you thought those were actually you thought you had to do that. Oh, those were just suggestions. Didn't Randy Weingarten conspire with the White House to come up with those guidelines? I do believe that, uh, was that Rochelle Rochelle from the CDC that had a back and forth with Randy Weingarten about how we were going to phrase this, the the correct language we were going to use? Yeah. Yeah, but Dr. Fauci's not convinced. And um, this is like, and he's also, he also wasn't, I don't think, convinced that kids got depressed because of the lockdowns. He wasn't convinced that they had a really bad effect on people. I guess all the suicides, that that wasn't enough to convince Dr. Fauci. The man, like I said, the man, you know, you, you need to come with the proof or else he's just not going to buy it. What a terrible person he is.
not convinced about the learning loss. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about this when we come back. 844-500-4242. How he got the flu shot. He came down with the flu. The mailroom manager came down with RSV. Staff and clients have gotten COVID. It has been hitting us hard this winter season here at the office, and it's just begun. So you want to be ready for any of these viruses and so much more. That's why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company. The emergency med kit has eight potentially life-saving medications to fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and so much more. You don't want to lose a week or two to any of these illnesses. Don't get caught not being able to see your doctor to obtain the medications you need to nip a bad virus in the bud. There have been medication supply chain issues before, and that's just another reason why you need the emergency med kit from the wellness company. You don't want to be caught flat-footed. You don't want to be caught unprepared. You want to keep the wellness company's medical emergency kit in your medicine cabinet, or even take it with you on vacation. After your purchase, you will complete a clinical intake form, and once you're approved, your medical emergency kit will be shipped right to your doorstep. It's very easy, and this medical emergency kit has eight prescription medications inside a compact and convenient box. It's like having a pharmacy in your bathroom. So what's in it? Antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics, has things like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z things that you know you will need. It comes with a 22-page guidebook with instructions so you'll know what to do and instructions on safe use for every medication in the box. Everything from the benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, it has every scenario covered, making it like a doctor in a box. Order today at twc.health/curly and use code curly10 for 10% off. That's twc.health/curly, use code curly10, again twc dot health slash curly don't forget to use code curly 10 we'll be right back you're listening to the grace curly show this is the grace curly show Welcome back, everyone. A little sports update for you. I don't even know if this counts as a sports update. It's ESPN News, though. We talked a little bit last week about the Jimmy Kimmel-Aaron Rodgers beef. These two do not like each other. Jimmy Kimmel has been making fun of Aaron Rodgers for a while because Aaron Rodgers uh, talked about the Epstein client list and how he it was coming out and... I think Kimmel had said, you know, he's a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hatter. And recently, Aaron Rodgers made a comment that Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want the client list to come out. And Jimmy Kimmel, the comedian, I should use air quotes there, came out with a tweet where he basically threatened to sue Aaron Rodgers for insinuating that he would be on the Epstein client list. By the way, what came out, the document dump that we've now had, it's like a four or five part series. It's not a client list to begin with, but... Uh, I understand what they're both getting at in their own ways. And now this all happened on um, the the comment that really upset Jimmy Kimmel happened on the Pat McAfee show, which people were surprised because that's ESPN owned by Disney. Jimmy Kimmel's on ABC, also owned by Disney. Um, and now Pat McAfee has announced that Aaron Rodgers is done for the season on his show. Does not surprise me at all. The only part of it that surprised me doesn't mean I agree with it. But the only part of it that surprised me is that it took them this long. Because I would have thought it would have happened 30 seconds after Kimmel put out that tweet. That's just your update. 
on this feud that never ends. When we come back, we're going to do a couple flashbacks and talk more Hunter on the other side.